Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. So I want you to put your hands together this morning, open your mind, your spirit, and get ready, not just for a message, but for a prophetic impartation this morning from the leader of our CWC network, my spiritual father, the apostolic leader of our family. Would you put your hands together and welcome with me Bishop Steve Perea. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Amen. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> Praise God. Good morning, and I'm glad to be with you. What a great time we had this morning at the early service, and, and then last night. You have some amazing leaders here. How many love your pastors? Amen. Yeah. They're the standard bearers of CWC. Are they, um, you know, I, tonight I'll be teaching interns, young people, and, and all ages, actually, who want to be pastors, and I meet with them at 5.30, and then I meet with a second group of Spanish interns at, at 7. And, and an internship, it's like all they ever hear is Pastor Dan and Ange. That's, that's what they hear all the time. And, uh, um, and I'm committed to, uh, to just supporting them, praying for them, like I hope you are too. Amen? Uh, to their family, to uh, Jess, Jack, uh, Jax, and uh, Jazzy. Jessica is, as you know, the child that's not with us. She has left an imprint on my life, on our life at CWC Manteca. In fact, we named our building after her. I don't know if you knew that or not, but we named our building after her. And, and uh, what I love about that, Pastor Dan and Angela, is that every, uh, uh, we have our DNA class. And so after each service, I meet with new people in the back of the church. And uh, I get to meet them all every week, and new people come and go, and uh, then I get to be with them on Wednesday nights that we call DNA class, and then I get the amazing opportunity to tell her story, and um, and it's always a special time uh, when I when I tell her story, and so um, it's our church is called the building's called the Jessica Vera Building, and um, so we're forever connected, Amen. Forever connected, forever family. That's who we are. And I, I'm very proud of your pastors, and not just them, but I'm proud of all the pastors here. Um, they're so, you guys are so blessed and so amazed to, be, uh, to see what God is doing here. Um, I bring love and blessings from Manteca and from our other churches. Um, we're always support, uh, praying and, and supporting you and holding you up in prayer. Um, Z, I'm glad you're with me today. He's one of our interns. He's actually getting married in a week and a half. Where's Celeste at? Where's Celeste? Where's Celeste? Stand up. This is Celeste. It's bright to be. <laughs> Her mama actually pastors our New York church, and she's doing a phenomenal job out there at CWC New York. She's doing great. Z has some CDs in the back, and uh, uh, my daughter, Corey, she made these, the C, the CWCC. She made that. Uh, she's making them. She found, she, she made, she, I mean, she's like got this little gadget in her computer. And she's making these stickers to put them back of the windows. And she says, here, Dad, take them to San Jose. And so uh, Z's got them. If you buy a CD album from Z, I guess you got how many stickers you got left? A few of them? Okay, you'll get a sticker. Buy, buy an album. You put it in the back of your car. It looks pretty cool. I like it. And um, so you pick up an album, you get a seat. And uh, well, yeah, you know, if you drive like me, then be careful. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, I got to back up here because I don't, I don't want to. Hunch is right here. I mean, I can't be. I got to be careful. Amen. So, <laughs> yeah, sit in the back. Thank you, Mija. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, what I'm excited to hear, to be here with, why I'm, I'm excited to be with, because I, I really feel like I don't, I'm not really, I don't really have a message to preach other than uh, a prophetic word, really. Um, kind of a message of the signs of the times. Uh, it's a, t- it's, this is a very different time in our nation right now. And, um, <clears throat> It's an exciting time. It really is an exciting time. Um, we all know that our country, uh, last year we had uh, probably the most um, difficult time during a presidential elections that I've ever seen, I've ever been around. On November 8th, our country elected uh, Donald Trump as president. Whether you voted for him or not is irrelevant. That's, that's not why we're that's not on here. Um, what I, I became very active at that time, and I knew that I had to do everything I had to do to get him elected for this reason and this reason alone, for life. Life. You see, America kills 3,000 babies a day in the womb of a mother, 3,000 a day, over a million a year. 40 million babies are murdered global, globally every year, 40 million. That's, that's incredible to me. And so during the whole Obama administration, and by the way, our ministry, we honor. I didn't vote for President Obama in neither term, but I prayed for him passionately. I lifted him up before the church always because that's what we do. We honor. doesn't matter if you voted for who you voted for, if the person you voted for won or not. Our position now as a church is to honor to speak good of, to uplift, whether you agree with policy or not. We speak good of, and that's what we do as a ministry. And so that's what I did for eight years over President Obama. I didn't agree with his policies, but I prayed for him, led the church in prayer. Always, we ended our prayer on our prayer meetings with, God, bless our president. I didn't say bless Obama. I said, bless our president. Well, about three years ago, Lou Engel came to our church, and he spoke at our conference the praying, I call him the praying prophet. He's the one that gathers all these huge prayer meetings across the nation. And he says, you're praying for outpouring. You're praying for revival. You're praying that God does something amazing in this country, yet you're killing 3,000 babies a day, and you're okay with it. If you were the father, if you were God, would you be blessing? Would you be pouring out your spirit? I I'm, remember him saying this, and it affected me so much. He's like... You know, abortion, by the way, is not a political thing in our generation. Abortion started with Satan himself when, he, when Eve sinned and God cursed him. There became a problem between Satan and the seed of the womb. It started back in the Garden of Eden. They've been killing babies since the book of Genesis. Life. What is life about? Is it about immigration? Well, sure. Is it about poverty and, and income? Absolutely. What is life about? It's about all those things. It's about security. And yes, it's about even securing our nation against terrorism. Absolutely. What is life about? Well, all those things are very true, but there's nothing greater than life. Nothing. Life is about life. 
Life is about life. So what's the point? The point is I worked really hard, did my part in making sure that Donald Trump got elected for this reason, Supreme Court, the Supreme Court, because he was going to appoint pro-life justices who will change the next 30 to 40, 30 years, the next three to four generations. And, well, this Supreme Court has, for the first time in my life, has the opportunity to switch and to overturn Roe versus Wade for the very first time I've ever seen. That's a possibility now. For the next three or four years, justices are going to basically, by the way, Supreme Court justices are not term. They stay there until they die. And they make their laws. So as we elected him, whether you voted for him or not, he's elected. And all of a sudden, life becomes important again. The life of a child in the womb. Again, what could be closer to the heart of God? During this whole time, I looked at what was protected, and I found that crustaceans in the oceans were protected. Birds were protected. Snails were protected. But the baby in the womb was not protected. Sea lions up here at 39 are protected. But the baby in the womb is not protected. When we elected him because 25 million Christians stayed home during the Obama President Obama election, 25 million Christians didn't even vote in that last election. But for some reason, they all came out for this last election in November. One reason they're saying, life. Life. All the other issues are important, and they're all important to all of us. Immigration reform, it's very important to me as a pastor. And I'm working really hard on that issue. And I believe in a form of amnesty. That's my view. I'm not saying it has to be your view. I'm saying it's my view. A form of amnesty with border security. That's my view. And I'm working really hard. And I'm being a voice in that. But all those things are secondary to life. I had a debate with one man who got really, really upset with me. Because it was about, you know, food on the table. It was about uh, uh, um, immigration reform. All these things. And I said, at least you have the opportunity to worry about food on your table. The unborn don't. The unborn don't. So we elect this president, like him or not, he's our president. And now he appoints for the first time in a long time a pro-life justice who's now going to have a vote. And by the way, there's some other Supreme Court justices that are going to die off in the next four to five years. It shocks me that they're still living now. I just... And he's going to keep appointing these pro-life judge justices. Listen, something happened in the spirit. Not because a man took a seat in the White House, but because the voices of America said, life is important to us. Babies are important to us. Something happened in the spirit. And I want to share with you a little bit of that prophetic uh, declaration, if you would, or that prophetic atmosphere that's happened since then. Here's a word that I, I've got in my heart, and there's things in our lives that mark us. One of the things that mark your pastor and I is a time when we were together when we were very young, and we got a word. This word was, behold, I do a new thing among you. 
We thought it was for that moment and even for that year, but God had a plan. It was going to be for a season. For a season. And that word is found in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. It says, Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. Father, bless your word to our hearts and our ears. May we receive in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus help. Yes. Amen. Behold, I show I will do a new thing. Everybody say new. Something new is happening. Something new is taking place. It's not something that a man in a White House or a governor or a senator or a pastor could do. Something has shifted in the atmosphere that only God can do. Only God can shift this thing, and only God can make something brand new, and something brand new is taking place. And, and I love that passage because it's marked my ministry. It's marked your pastor's ministry. And then again in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the word says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Everybody say new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Hmm. Passed away. Passed away. That kept, I kept hearing that. Passed away. Things have to pass away. Things have to change. Things have to pass away. I got to let things go. If I'm going to experience new, I have to let old things go. Are you listening this morning? If you're going to experience this outpouring from God, you got to begin to let old things pass away. Now, I want to give you Isaiah 43, verse 19 again, but I want to give it to you in the Message Bible. And I love this. It says, forget about what's happened. That's a word for somebody here right now. Forget about what's happened to you. What's happened to you in your past, in your childhood, injustices have taken place. Things have happened to you. But the word is saying, forget about what's happened to you. Don't keep going over old history. Listen, if you're going to be stuck in yesterday's problems, you're going to miss the newness of today that God wants to bring you. There's something new taking place, and I'm saying this to you in a prophetic voice, that God is doing something fresh, something new, something mighty, but if you're going to be stuck in yesterday's problems, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Don't keep going over old history. The word says, be alert, be present. I love that. Be present. Now, as I said in the morning service, I, this is, I'm preaching to myself. I'm doing that Michael Jackson thing. I'm speaking to the man in the mirror. I'm telling him he got to change his ways. Because this is something I'm very good at, at rehearsing. I'm very good at remembering those things and remember those offenses. I'm very good at remembering when that person did that to me or when that person said this to me. But the Lord is saying to me and to you, yesterday's gone. You can't do anything about it. And if you're going to choose to live in it, you're going to miss today's blessing. Be alert. Be present. You see, I can't change yesterday, so if I'm going to live in it, it's going to make me miss out. And I can't live in tomorrow because tomorrow, guess what, isn't promised to me. It's not promised to you. So why don't we live in the moment right here? 
Why don't we live right now? Right now, you have me and I have you. You have that person next to you and you have the Spirit of God. You don't have yesterday. You don't have yesterday. Oh, some people are holding on to yesterday like it's still yours. You're holding on to those offenses because they belong to you. They're my offenses. You're holding on to that poverty mindset because it's been passed down to you from your daddy and from his daddy and his daddy. I'll never amount to anything because that's what was told. That's yesterday's mindset. That's poverty mindset of yesterday. But in the same way, you can't live in tomorrow either. You may never get to tomorrow. What you have is right now. What you have is the presence of God here. It's real. It's right now. And he wants to do something new in your life. Some of you will get it today. I know that. I've been preaching long enough to know not everybody's going to get it. But if it's me, if God has something new and something fresh, you better believe I want to be in the middle of it. You better believe I want to take it and apply it for myself. My, I feel right now that God is stirring things up in such a way that I've never seen before. And I hope you're buying in right now because if not, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. Lunch will still be there. Don't worry about it. I promise you that. Lunch will still be there. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. Everyone say brand new. It's bursting now. Don't you see it? And you know something? There's something I always tell my church. Before you see it, you have to see it. Before you see it, you have to see it. God is about vision. He's about sight. It's about seeing it in the spirit. You have a son that doesn't know God and you think he's never going to know God. Keep saying that and he's never going to know God. But if you can begin to see him in the spirit, loving God, you're going to see it. You got to first see it before you see it. Are you awake this morning? And the word says, there it is. I'm making a road through the desert rivers and the badlands. All right, so I want to share with you some prophetic pictures now. I don't, um, I've been preaching now. Uh, I, w- I started preaching in the basement of a church here in East San Jose 36 years ago. Incredible, I feel so old. I was 19 years old when I made my first altar call. In that basement there. Didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to say, but people were ready. And as he got up and said, do you want to know Jesus? They said, yes, we had an altar call. And that was the beginning. That was East San Jose. 36 years, and I've never preached with pictures until today. This is the first time I've ever preached with pictures. So I want to give you some pictures, some prophetic pictures. This first picture I want to show you is what it looks like when you're living in the when you're living in the past season. When you're living in the past season. It's winter, but you're dressed for summer. Or it could be summer, but you're dressed for winter. What does that mean? 
It means you're not living in the season that God has planned for you. You're still living in yesterday's season. And here's a prophetic word for you. God wants you to get out of that yesterday's season and into the season he has for you right now. In the name of Jesus, let go of yesterday's season. There's nothing for you anymore. Stop dressing for yesterday's season. It doesn't look good. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. I'm not trying to offend anybody by putting a bikini on a snowman, but you know what we're trying to say. It's like when Naomi, she left Bethlehem or Judea with a husband and sons. And along the way, her husband died, her sons died, and now she's stuck with her daughter-in-law, and she's heading back home. They left because there was a drought. Now, as she's coming back home, something happened in her hometown. God had changed the season. It was no longer drought time, but now it was harvest time. And harvest time in the Bible was celebration. It was celebration. It was party, fiesta. It was everyone was cooking and praise God, we got our harvest. And here comes Naomi with Ruth. No more husband, no more sons, just a daughter-in-law. And the people said to her, oh, look, there comes Naomi. And she stopped them in their tracks and she said, don't you dare call me Naomi. You see, Naomi meant pleasant. She's like, there's nothing pleasant about me. She said, call me Mara. Mara means bitter. Call me bitter. You see, God had changed the season, but she was so stuck in her bitterness, she couldn't see that God had changed it. She was living in the past, but God wanted to bless her in the present. Don't dress in yesterday's clothing because the seasons change, and God has changed the season. And I'm giving you that prophetic word right now. I don't know who's going to receive this, but somebody's taking it right now. God has changed the season for you. God is changing the season for you. Now, I want to give you a next picture here. Throughout the valley, I'm seeing these huge trees toppled over. Everywhere. It's like these huge, big trees are toppled over. In fact, one of the biggest redwoods, remember that tree that we used to drive through? That toppled over. I was on the golf course a couple of weeks ago, and I counted 10, 10, that's, this is one of them, 10 huge trees pulled up and toppled over. And I couldn't even focus. I, I was counting these trees, and I began to ask God, what is this? Are you speaking to us? Are you trying to tell us something? And the Lord began to tell me, I'm knocking over old mindsets. I'm knocking over those things in your life that have kept you in poverty, that have kept you bound up, those things that people said over you, injustices and scars. He says, I'm knocking them over. I'm taking them down. The things that you found were difficult aren't going to be difficult anymore because God is knocking down old mindsets. Mindsets that have been transferred down from generation to generation. Guess what? God is knocking those mindsets down. This is the moment. This is the era. Now you can sit there and think about lunch or you can get this word and say, let it be unto me, God. Oh, God, knock down those mindsets in my life. I want to be free to dream again. I want to be free to know that you're doing something real again. 
Old mindsets are being knocked down. Religion is being knocked down. Poverty spirit is being knocked down. Offenses are being knocked down. And then here's the other prophetic picture I want to give you. Now, I know some of you may have been affected by the floods recently. Many people in the valley where I live were too. But I can't get this picture out of my mind. You see, this dam was so full of water, they had to pull open the floodgates. They had to pull open the floodgates and release the water. Release the water. They had to release the water. I want to tell you something. Rain, rivers, waters. It's a blessing from God. At the inauguration, by the way, one of our, one of our peers, part of our networks, Dr. Sam Rodriguez, spoke at the inauguration. The first Hispanic in the history of the United States to ever do that. And the first spirit-filled man to ever do that, to ever be speaking over an inauguration for a president. As everybody spoke and President Trump took the mic, it began to rain. And immediately, all the, 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 the hateful newscasters were like, look at him. Oh my! It was all clear. He takes the mic and it starts to rain. They were mocking him. It's raining. Just as soon as he took the mic, it's raining. And then following President Trump, Dr. Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, takes the mic and says, I want to let you know that rain is a sign of blessing from God. Rain is a blessing from God. And I want you to know that the rain that we got in our land recently, it's a sign of God's blessing. God, I, this, prof- this is a prophetic picture. When I see this, I see the heavens. I see God pulling up the floodgate because now you have life on your mind. God pulling up the floodgates and he's releasing blessing. He's releasing blessing. And I see that this, ri- this water is creating a cleansing and washing away all those things in your life that don't belong long there. He's pulled up the floodgates. I see it. I'm hearing it. Even from your pastor last week, he shared how the presence of God fell. I'm hearing it from other pastors, how the presence of God has fallen. People are saying all over the place, there's something different happening. You know what it is? God has pulled up the floodgates and he's releasing the water again. He's releasing the water again. Listen to me. It reminds me of another river that was flooded. If you want to see a flooding river, go out to the valley where we're from. We're surrounded by rivers. And they're overrun. The, the banks are full. I mean, they're, they're overrunning their banks. There's another river that was running, overrunning its bank. It was called the Jordan. Joshua was in mourning because his mentor Moses had died. And God said, Joshua, get up. And in three days, you're going to cross over this Jordan. But he said, tell the priests to stand in the river. Wait a minute, God, you parted the Red Sea for Moses. Our priest got to stand in the river? 
There's something prophetic about that. There's something prophetic about standing in the water. There's something prophetic about standing in the flow. You can be a stick in the mud if you want, but I want to get into the flow of what God's doing. I want to let my pastor know I'm behind him. I want to let him know that I'm with the church. I want to let him know that I'm going to flow in the spirit. And if those of you will stand in the spirit, God is saying your promise is just on the other side. That's a prophetic word for somebody else. You might think that promises are for other people, but God is saying no. The promises of God are yes and amen. Yes and amen. Rivers flowing, newness, washing everything away. And I really feel my heart and my spirit that this is a prophetic word to us that God has pulled back the floodgates in heaven and he's releasing. Don't you want it? Don't you want it? Come on now. Don't you want it? Don't you want it? And then I'm going to give you one last picture and then I'm going to pray over you. About three weeks ago, Scientists, astronomers were so excited because they discovered seven new worlds some 40 light years away. 40 light years away. 240 million, no, 240 trillion miles away. Can you even fathom that? I I mean, I drive to L.A. I'm thinking, oh, my God. 362 miles. I'm like, oh. When are we going to get there? I jump on a plane to the East Coast to CWC New York. Oh, my God, six hours in a plane. What am I going to do? We went to Israel last year, 15 hours in a plane. These planets that they found are 240 trillion miles away. These scientists were so excited because they found seven new planets that are around us Huge star. These planets, as I began to look at them and see them on the news, I began to Google it myself and read about it. And it was to me, how in the world can all of a sudden we find seven new planets? The size of the earth or bigger. How big is that star to the left? And I began to, I began to, to, to see uh, the trees down. And I began to see the floodgates open. And then this picture came. And this picture stayed in my mind. It stayed in my mind. And it stayed in my mind. And so, oh God, is this, is this, what are you, was this you? What is it? Well, seven, there's seven new planets. Seven is a number of God. Seven is a number of perfection. And then the scientists said that three of these planets show signs of life. At least water. They're showing oceans. Whoa. Wait a minute. Should I say it? People are asking me. Is there signs of life there? Could there be other people living there? Some 240 trillion miles away? Don't look at me like I have the answer. I'm just like... 
I'm just asking the question. Three is a number used for the resurrection. Three planets are showing life, resurrection life. I'm just saying. Three planets are showing resurrection life. I'm just saying. Seven's a number of God. And by the way, John chapter 1 verse 2 says, everything was made by him, Jesus. Nothing that was made was made that wasn't made by him. And guess what? These seven planets, yeah, they were made by him, by Jesus. And I began to ask God, what does this mean, God? He says, I'm doing new things. I'm creating new things. I'm not restoring the old. I'm creating new. God's about to renew or God's about to give you a new vision for your life. He's about to give you a new vision for your ministry. He's about to give you a new vision for your marriage. He's about to give you a new vision for your finances. Oh, I want you to know that this is a season that we're in right now. And I challenge you right now to get into the flow of the river. I challenge you to jump into the river and say, oh God, I want it. Oh God, let it be unto me. Oh God, let it happen in my life. I don't know everything about what God is doing right now. All I know that the floodgates are open. All I know that he's doing something new. And what I need to say, and I hope you say is, let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Let it be unto my church. Oh God. Let it be unto my church. There's something fresh happening. There's something new happening. And if you'll let go of yesterday's hurts and offenses, you'll be able to see. You'll be able to hear. You'll be able to hear what God is doing. You'll be able to see what God is doing. It's happening here right now. Right now. I'm giving a prophetic word to you right now. And I just see that. I see right now that God is opening ears. Ears. Somebody here has been so caught up in the the past and so caught up in the pain of your past that you can't hear God and you certainly can't see him. God is saying, I'm removing that cataract from your eyes. I'm removing that deafness from your ear. I'm doing something brand new right now in the name of Jesus. And by the way, this new work and this new anointing that I feel that God is doing, it's including sons and daughters. So your son who you said is never going to get saved, he's going to come home in the name of Jesus. Your daughter is going to come home in the name of Jesus. God is doing something brand new, church. And I sense his presence here in a mighty way right now. There's a scripture in the book of Ezekiel that talks about the water flowing from the right side of the altar. And verse 3 says, And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and it came to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and it came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water was up to my waist. When I returned, when I turned there along the bank of the river, were many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. 
its waters are healed. This river that we're talking about, this this, uh, floodgate opening and the waters released, I, I, I prophesy that this is a healing water. A healing water. He's healing your heart. He's healing your broken heart. You've been marked by a broken heart. And you've been marked. I didn't say this in the first service, so I'm not sure who this is for. But you've been marked by a broken heart. Maybe somebody who broke your heart in the past and it just marked you. It just marked you. The Lord is saying this this. This river that's running right now is a healing water. I'm going to heal your heart once and for all, and you won't remember that pain anymore, says the Lord. You won't remember that pain anymore, says the Lord. Drink from the river. Drink from the water. Stand in it. Stand in the presence of God. He's doing something right now. Stand in the presence of God. He's doing something right now in your life. Injustices. Things that happened that should have never happened have marked your life. But if you would choose to let that go, let yesterday's season go and stand in the river today, God's going to make all things new again. He's going to make all things new again, a new vision. I loved what I heard your pastor say yesterday, that he, they're looking at everything and they're redoing everything. What perfect timing for this word. It was so com- confirming yesterday when he said that. It's like we're looking at everything to say, if God, you want us to do something brand new, we're going to do something brand new. That's the moment. That's the moment. And he wants to do that in your life. He wants to do that in your marriage. He wants to do that in your marriage. Sons and daughters' lives as well. He wants to do that in your sons and daughters. I I just feel that that this is applicable to somebody here. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters, in the name of Jesus, I pray for sons and daughters. Hallelujah. I pray for sons and daughters. I pray for healing of your marriage. Healing of your marriage. I pray that that poverty mindset is going down just like those trees. That poverty mindset is not down just like those trees. Father, I just pray right now that the river would flow. Would you stand to your feet, church, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Flow. Flow river. Pull up the floodgates, God. Release the water to us. Release the water to us, God. You're making all things new. Hallelujah. Sadness has to go. Depression has to go. He's knocking down that tree. He's knocking down that tree. Bitterness has to go. Anger has to go in the name of Jesus. Resentment. Resentment has to go in the name of Jesus. He's making all things new. He's creating a new world. He's creating a new world for you. A new vision. A new dream. Somebody's got to catch that word right now. A new dream. A new vision. Hope. There's hope.
Hope is alive in this place. I prophesy hope right now. I prophesy new dreams right now. I prophesy new visions right now. Won't you receive it? Won't you receive it? Come on, you need healing. Let the river heal you right now. You need healing. Let the river heal you. Let the river heal you. In the name of Jesus, let the river heal you. There are healing waters that are flowing from these altars. There's healing waters flowing from these altars. Hallelujah. And that broken heart that I spoke of a minute ago is broken no more. Broken no more. Jesus is healing your heart. Jesus is healing your heart. Hmm. Come on, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Mom, receive this word. Receive this word. Receive this word in the name of Jesus. All you got to do is say, like Mary said, let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Come on, receive it in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. In Jesus' name, I bless you. I bless your sons and daughters. I speak life over your marriage. I speak life over your marriage in the name of Jesus. I speak life over your finances in the name of Jesus. A new dream, a new vision, a new dream for your marriage, a new dream for your marriage, a new vision for your marriage. Ah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift up your hands right now and just say, let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Whatever you want to do, God, let it be unto me. Let it be unto my family. Let it be unto my children. Let it be unto my children's children. In the name of Jesus, let it be unto me. And I bless you. And I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I speak that this prophetic word is going to rest on you. That this prophetic word is going to be shadowing you. When you go to bed tonight, when you wake up in the morning, when you go to work tomorrow, this prophetic word is going to shadow you. And you're going to sense it. And you're going to feel it. And you're going to see that God is doing something brand new. In Jesus' name, I seal that word in the name of Jesus. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.